Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome into Friday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Busy, busy, busy. Let's go camp it. As Husker football camp underway, we will have some thoughts, uh, lots of questions for this 2020 season. We will dive full into the deep end of the pool with that between quarterback and offensive line and wide receiver and front seven, all of that good stuff. Two hours of football talk coming up. You can join us, uh, spend some time with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can email chris at halevarsity.com and give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Coming up, Derek Peterson does an amazing job of covering Nebraska football. Dr. Petey from Hale Varsity in about 15 minutes. The pride of Fairbury at NBC Sports is Bill Dolman going to be with us in hour two. And since it is a special day, since it is a day of moving forward with camp and uh, the optimism of football, Claus Byrne is set to be with us at 5.40. I, I don't know where Clausburn will go, but it's nice to just check in on him and make sure he's doing all right. I know he's excited, not only for the uh, the new Big Ten schedule for Nebraska, but just some outlook from him in some different spots. So, uh, busy day. I finally got a bit of a nap. And uh, yes, I, I have turned into, I need 20 good minutes of just blacking out uh, between shows. Uh, last night, Junior thought it'd be a great idea to have a slumber party. And it was supposed to be three, and then it turned into like eight, and then maybe ten. And as the basement was breaking downstairs with four hooligans. Lots of Mountain Dew and Doritos? I Well, the my front yard and my basement turned into uh, trash cans, where it's always sweet. At least it's not like cigarettes. You know, the party Eddie Murphy threw in trading places when he was at at at, uh, <laughs> at the house people were putting cigarettes out on his floor who's been putting cools out on my floor is 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 the question at least these were just you know wrappers of, of popsicles and uh, water bottles because you know I, I know our house isn't that awesome but why not treat it like a dumpster so I, I was down there at 11 30 because I was hearing uh, medieval screams, and I kicked everybody out. Call your parents, have them come get you, see ya. I had zero tolerance. Now, you got that full tube of Icy Hot sitting next to you. That's not mine. Not dude. yours. No. I was concerned for a second. So you get any fights down there? Or, or no. that, that trip to the gym on Wednesday go bad? <laughs> I, I have a very sore uh, left back area near my armpit that I, I am whimpering. <laughs> I am absolutely whimpering. Rest of the body feels all right. But no, I was Captain A-hole last night. I had had enough. Go break your own crap at your own house. See ya. And I, and I, I launched him. 
Now, did you give him like the nice umpire, like you're gone? Like you give him, I you swore him? quite often and a lot. Ooh. I said, pack your stuff and get the bleep out. Did you say, Thank did, you. Did you say stuff? No. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Nope. Yeah. I, I, I had had enough. So I am refreshed. I'm ready to talk football. We will get into Nebraska in just two seconds. But this uh, on the recruiting front is interesting. And uh, I'm in, inter- interested to get your take, Elijah, on things with the high school scene. I've done a lot of high school coverage for a number of years. And I look at what happened with Omaha Public Schools. They have suspended sports and activities for the first quarter. There will be no fall activities or sports to take place prior to the middle of October. Uh, The uh, Omaha Public School superintendent got feedback, made the decision to make the first quarter of Omaha Public Schools all distance learning. Uh, They had had some staff members and folks gearing up for school to start next week. And there had been just a number of folks within the staff that either had to go into quarantine or were susceptible to to COVID. And they said, you know what, there's 54,000 students that are going to be invading the hallways here. Uh, We need to go distance learning, remote learning. That's how it's going to set up. You can't not have school and have athletics. So you've got seven schools uh, and uh, volleyball and football and other fall sports that are affected. Uh, Burke and Central and Omaha South and Benson and Bryan and Omaha Northwest and Omaha North. Uh, a lot of the kids uh, will not be able to, to play ball this fall. The NSAA... Uh, earlier this week says, you know what, we're not going to alter our transfer rules. And that is a a tough situation. That is absolutely a tough situation. And what do you do? What do you do? You feel for the kids that want to play ball. I, th- I, think of it, I think of it this way. As a kid, man, I needed so much structure and I didn't even play ball at a high level and once the old junior high career was done, my career was done. But I'm thinking of kids that, that through school and attending school get that structure and discipline and guidance, and it helps shape them. It help, does a hell of a job of shaping them positively. And if you don't have that during the day, what's it, what's it going to be like with the kids that are asked to, to learn distance and remotely are they going to be able to fall in and and be held accountable some yeah absolutely some no i mean it could be disastrous and there's a lot of kids who right or wrong put up with school because they want to play ball all right the activities do a great job of helping push kids to be better academically because you got to have your grades to play ball so I think that is, a, a t- and again, that's just a small percentage versus a large number of student body. The other part of this, too, and I'm not getting super political. If you don't wear a mask, I'm not going to pile on you. But there's been no mask mandate in Omaha. Uh, and I think that's, that's an issue. Have, had you had a mask mandate in Omaha, at least in the schools, right? Because if you're a teacher, I want to feel safe. If I'm going to be in class teaching, I would like my students to be wearing a mask for their protection and for mine. 
uh, just personally with my condition, right? With my conditions and my breathing situation, just if I were to put myself in their shoes. But there's no mask mandate. You have other school districts uh, in the metro, Millard and Westside and Papio and Gretna and Elkhorn. They're moving forward. They're, they're going to have uh, classes it, at worst, kind of a hybrid setup. And it was just too difficult by the school board and the superintendent to have families juggle that 3-2 model. So they just said, we're going to make everything distance learning. And because of that, you'll have uh, first quarter sports and fall sports suspended. Now, that impacts Lincoln because of the schedule. And you have Lincoln Southwest here in Lincoln that they're supposed to play for Omaha Public Schools teams uh you have lincoln high supposed to play three uh, uh lincoln north star is set to play omaha north that was going to happen in october that's after that first quarter ends that that october 16th uh Pius was set to play omaha north uh and uh, northeast as well uh southeast uh it was supposed to kick off with omaha north but southwest uh, the most affected school because they were on their schedule was Omaha South and North and Central and Burke. And you've got some pretty high-level talent at Burke, and you've got a, a really good offensive lineman, again, one kid versus thousands, that uh, in, in Woods that's taken to Twitter today, the Omaha Central offensive lineman, Deshaun Woods, and, and he's pretty frustrated. There is a petition circulating. Uh, take yourself back to high school. How would you have felt, Elijah? Pissed. Oh, completely pissed. Completely pissed. I mean, a lot of these kids, it's their senior year, and they've worked for the past two and a half, three years to be able to to play on varsity. Not all these guys are the superstar athletes that, you know, they set foot in high school and, you know, oh, they're going to be varsity within this next year, two years, whatever. A lot of these guys have to work for three years to go play varsity football, mm-hmm. and now it's been taken from them. So it, it's awful in that sense. And then you were talking about the motivation factor of it helps get kids to school. And unfortunately, I know people that were on my team that as soon as they turned 18, they wanted to drop out of high school, but they made it through first semester because they wanted to go play football. Mm-hmm. And then first semester ended and they dropped out. And I think a few of them eventually gone on to get their degree or their GEDs or whatever. But it's a real motivating factor to get kids in class, and I think it's just awful all around. Well, and, and I'll say this, man. there There is, with whatever the extracurriculars are, say you're in band, say you're in chess club, whatever, man, beyond athletics here but we are a sports show. There is, there's real goodness that happens with, with playing the ability to go play sports just from a psyche standpoint and being able to, to be with your teammates and your buddies. And that is gone from a, and I don't know that the NSA will, will do this and I'm not directing them. I mean, they're, they're the governing body. They do a nice job of putting things on. Okay, so this isn't me slamming down on them at all, but they are in an absolutely tough spot. I mean, do you revisit the transfer situation where you offer blanket eligibility? You offer that waiver. Uh, Do you... I'm thinking about the, the... Here's the real thing. We, we're we focusing on, on Woods and Jackson, okay? Bo, uh, the, the outside linebacker for Burke, specifically, 
It's a high high profile recruit, and, and Woods is also a high profile recruit. Division one kids that are affected by this. Those are two players out of a team of what's what's a number look like right now between fifty and eighty kids on a, on a varsity team. I'd, I'd say closer to eighty. Yeah. Okay. When you so, if you have JVRC together, d- yeah. just just depending. I mean, there's a lot of kids that. Okay, so you're not D1, so you're not D2, so so you may not go on and play, but that they still are getting shorted as well. I mean, you have and then you have other teams like if you're if you're a parochial school and you have kids that have competed or won or they've worked towards a starting spot, if you have an opportunity to add somebody, what do you do? Or do you just go across the river and does everyone join Thomas Fedoni's team? I mean, that invite was offered by him kind of tongue-in-cheek on Twitter. But this is a tough situation, and you have the, the athletes and the players and the coaches that are very frustrated by this. They have done nothing to speak out against OPS. I think they've pretty much been told to, to stand down on that. And now what happens long-term from a shift of power? I mean, do you ever get it back with some of these schools that have been pretty much really good football factories and Burke has high academics central has high academics Omaha North phenomenal uh with their um their their science program so I feel for these kids I also feel for the reality that uh with no mask mandate or the the fear of infection with the way Omaha has been surging it's it's a really difficult situation to say, yeah, let's bring kids in without wearing masks. And and it, it, listen, if you're anti-mask, I'm not here to arm wrestle on that. You're going to be steadfast in your feelings on that, and that's totally your call. But from a health and safety standpoint, this is why, between the potential risk and juggling a a potential hybrid schedule. This is why OPS did this. Uh, if you're going to eliminate fall sports for these kids in these seven high schools, I think you really need to think about allowing them to transfer somewhere close to home. And if they want to attend school in person, they should be able to do that somewhere else. If Listen, I, I sucked at, at, in college a lot until I got my stuff together. And I was way better going to my lecture in person at 9.30 than trying to do some project stuff when I had an online course that was posted uh, and the interaction part and just physically being there. I was better being there physically. It's different for everybody. Let's go to the phones real quick. Scott, uh, welcome into Hale Varsity. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks. Hey, I have a quick question with the... Omaha recruits and things like that, do you think this will benefit Nebraska or do you think it will benefit other schools since they probably have not seen as much video that Scott well, Frost and his staff have seen? Well, here's the, here's the question. I mean, from a benefit standpoint, it, it doesn't benefit the kids to have that senior season, to have additional film, okay, on top of the junior film that's already out there. Uh, so... I think if if there are some programs from out of state that are on the fence or maybe not putting a full court press on right now to get uh, these two high profile athletes, yeah, they're they're probably going to keep wondering 
Um, and, and maybe it plays in Nebraska's favor, but I'm thinking more short-term, Scott, about just the kids who put the work in to have a senior season and the fact that that's not going to happen for them right now. I think that's 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 kind of where my focus is as far as between is it a benefit for Nebraska. That's a really fair question. I appreciate the phone call on it, but just in the short term, I, I don't know where the kids will – end up if it's going to be a Nebraska thing you know there's no official visits anywhere so these kids can't even go visit uh, some of the other power five schools that have offered them thanks for the phone call Scott appreciate you listening it's uh, time for Dr. Petey Derek Peterson's going to jump in we'll spend some time on Nebraska fall camp 2020 on Hale Varsity and we're back fellas I think we could Listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in the good doctor, Derek Peterson, with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Doctor Petey, it's Camp Day. How are you? I'm good. My wife is watching Grey's Anatomy, so I guess I'm on brand for the day. Uh, so, question on that: Which which season or episode is she on? We are watching, and I say we because I get sucked in sometimes too. I like to say that I don't like drama, but then I end up sitting there and watching it with her. Um, I think it's season three that she's on right now, and neither of us ever watched it when it was live, so she's kind of catching up on Netflix. Yeah. So the Ellen Pompeo character, I think she's good looking. The the dark haired taller nurse i forget her name she's kind of hot and uh who else uh who's who's the gal that was in knocked up these are main takeaways from the show just who's hot (laughs) that's the only reason i sat and endured it when it was live there was desperate housewives and gray's anatomy and it was supposed well we don't do anything together let's watch tv i'm like fine fine so yeah I'm, i'm a guy it is what it is uh, who's, um, who's who's the I gal that, that, that was in Knocked Up? Help me, help me. No one likes her. Did I? I I have no idea. Oh, uh, Catherine Heigl. Yeah, yeah. Like the Hollywood hates her, but she's she's beautiful. So she was in that movie with Ryan Reynolds. Um, or not Ryan Reynolds. Um, gosh, Josh Duhamel, I think, where they like end up with their friend's kid, and that was an emotional <laughs> movie. No, we're just gonna talk, we're just gonna talk about uh, dramas. And um, the proverbial chick flicks that the guys get dragged to that actually end up enjoying them. That's what this radio spot is going to be, apparently. Well, I, I, one of the first movies my wife and I went to was Devil's Advocate. There was full frontal on that, and it kind of set the tone. So, you know, that's, uh, oh, that was okay. the, that was the first right. impression. So if we're going to go uh, position group battles, and we uh, related to Grey's Anatomy okay. characters, what... Is, oh boy! Yeah, what character is the defensive line battle? But aside from oh, Stelly, this is this is this is not going to be good because we we actually uh, about an hour ago we had to pause the show so that she could get me caught up on who the names of the characters were um, because as I was watching it, I just kept asking questions. She was like, "We just need they to pause hate this that. so I can get you caught they up." They absolutely so. hate that when you just start a barrage of questions. And you were clearly weren't paying attention, and that that is to your benefit to keep you out of doing this crap in the future. That's all I'm going to say. 
So correct. let's let's yes, just let's zoom out. Let's zoom out from the character association and just get in to the defensive <laughs> line. So who are you who are you, who are you highest on on this defensive line? I mean, I, listen, dude. There's there's twelve guys. <laughs> there's Stilly. There's Daniels. There's uh, D Train. There's Payne and Riley. There's Keaton Green. There's Wildeman. There's Newsom and Rogers and Ty Robinson. Is there yep. is there three guys that can be absolute difference makers for Nebraska this fall? Absolute difference makers, I don't know. But this is a uh, this you know everybody talks about Greg Austin and the depth that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Colorado State transfer getting his his waiver to immediately play yeah. this year adds to that. Um, but you know they're kind of in a similar situation on the defensive line, and and that I think is going to make camp super super interesting in the trenches because kind of the theme of the offseason once again for Nebraska has been about just getting bigger, stronger, faster, and, and <clears throat> you know, getting their guys ready to compete week in, week out in the Big Ten, stop the run, run the ball, protect the quarterback, all that jazz. Um, <laughs> so to have <clears throat> to have depth on the offensive line and to have some, some quality bodies on the offensive line that you feel good about, and then on the other side of the ball to have, like you said, like just a laundry list of characters that you can throw in there and say, I don't know, this guy could be really good. Could be, could be. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they're in a good situation because you know what they talk about with the quarterback competition breeds excellence. If you got, if you got, you know, strength on strength every single day in practice, even if it's your second team offensive line going against your third team defensive line, like those could be some pretty interesting battles for Nebraska in fall camp. Um, defensive line in particular, I I really like Ty Robinson. I think sooner rather than later, he's going to be a difference maker for them. Is sooner this season? Is it right away once the season begins? I don't know. Um, it's going to kind of depend on just what he looks like in fall camp and 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 you know how comfortable he is in the system. Um, I think Jordan Riley is a guy that they're really really high on. He's he's huge um, and he's a junior college player, and so and I, I think the benefit for him, you know, maybe people are going to point to what happened with King Green um, last year. For, for an August arriving JUCO guy and say, well, maybe we should temper expectations with a guy like Nadab Joseph um, or temper expectations with, you know, like Omar Manning. But, like, Jordan Riley was here in the spring. Um, and I know that they didn't get a ton of spring practices, but he, he went through winter conditioning and he was here. Um, and so I think he's a guy that you have to keep an eye on. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are, are quietly high on Masai Newsom. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but but Ben Stilley is probably the guy that that should anchor it, um, and then you just kind of need by committee at the other two spots. Um, and and I don't think that's a a bad situation to be in. So like, I, I know I'm kind of not answering your question. There's there's no answer, there's no appropriate answer right now because we we don't know. But yeah. you know, let's call our shots. I mean, is it who's who's riding with Stilly on that first team, and what's the difference between that first and second team? You know, I mean, just just talent wise, what's the gap? I and mean, it's just uh, it's just hard to di- differentiate right now. Um, and you know, that's not a not a bad problem to have if you can go. You know, Tui already wants to go seven or eight deep on his defensive line. And if you can do that and feel good about guys, guys, numbers seven and eight, then you're in a pretty good spot. Derek Peterson's checking in with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Derek, I want to stick to the defense, but I want to shift to the secondary because you threw out a bit of a hot take on Twitter this morning. You said <laughs> that Nebraska could have the best secondary in the Big Ten this year. Do you want to elaborate on that tweet just a little bit? 
Yeah, you know, I made the caveat that they're not going to have the best individual defensive back in the league. Um, I think Sean Wade has a case to be made there. Uh, maybe Ambry Thomas at Michigan, but just those four guys at the top that they have, and then throwing in Joseph to that equation, who's a junior college guy. He's a long guy. They expect him to, if he's not able to play a significant role right away, they expect him to be in the rotation um, by the end of the season. Just the, the DiCaprio Boodle is a leader. DiCaprio Boodle is a guy that defenses have not wanted to throw to for a while. Um, and you look at, at what Lamar Jackson was able to do last year, he got a lot of opportunity because, or I should say offenses didn't want to throw, mm-hmm. um, because opposing offenses didn't throw the ball at Boodle. Um, he's got to start turning some of his deflections and interceptions, and I think that's obviously something that they've been working on and stressing um, for a while. But just the, the combination of, of athleticism and experience and, and – um, heavy hitters, really, that they have in the secondary. I mean, Boodle is is obviously the leader. Um, Markel Dismuke has been around and played a lot of football for them, and he's he's a hard-hitting safety um, that isn't, isn't really caught out of position too much. Um, I think Deontay Williams has the potential to be one of the best players in the conference. Yep. And I said that heading into last year, and then he got injured uh, in, like, the first half of the first game. Um, so assuming health, I think – Deontay Williams has the potential to be one of the best players defensively in the conference. And they thought last year he could have been their best defensive player. Um, and he was sitting on the sideline all season long. I think he'll be hungry and motivated to um, to prove some people wrong who are sleeping on him. And then you, you throw Cam Taylor Britt into the equation, who is is incredibly versatile. They can move him around. They can do a lot of different things with him. Um, I just think, you know, like I think everybody, well, not everybody, but a couple people said, well, you know, I don't. I don't think that we're going to top Ohio State in anything, which is which is kind of a fair knee-jerk reaction to have. But like, Ohio State lost three of its four starters in the secondary, so there's not, there aren't, there's, you know, there's not like a Jeff Okuda in the Big Ten this year. Um, there probably will be at the midway point. We'll know who that new guy is. But like right now, on paper, Nebraska's defensive back room stacks up with. Any in the conference because outside of those top four guys, you also got like Miles Farmer and Braxton Clark that everybody's really, really high on, um, and obviously Joseph. So, you know, I don't think that's quite as as hot as I could have gotten, but that was my uh, my hot take for fall camp. That's well put together. Derek Peterson's with us, salevarsity.com and magazine. Couple minutes here. Let's get into the quarterbacks and we're going to spend some time on on what Super Mario had to say last night on the network and. You know, I, I I look forward to a really incredible bounce back from Adrian because of what is going to be better around him. And if for some reason that doesn't happen, uh, the question mark to me is, you know, as good as McCaffrey's looked in a longer uh, sample size or a larger sample size potentially, if he does get in there to, to either win the job, take over the job, or due to injury – what what's his ability throwing the football? And he was so far so good, but I only I think he only threw like nine times last year. How tight yeah. is this race going to be, in your opinion? Oh, um, it'll be a race. It'll be a competition. It'll be one that pushes Adrian Martinez. If um, you know, we have no reason to doubt Mario when he says that maybe the the attention to detail or the fire mm-hmm. that 
Martinez had um, in fall camp before his freshman season wasn't wasn't quite there in fall camp before his sophomore season. Um, I don't expect that to be the case again. You know, I, I think Luke McCaffrey is is a good quarterback, going to be a good quarterback. Um, he's obviously going to be the – I think he's the heir apparent um, to Martinez whenever Martinez leaves the program. Um, but, you know, Mario made the comment that both with, with Luke and Logan Smothers, their, their true freshman quarterback, that, that they had stroke issues that they've been working on since the guys got to campus. Um, and mechanically, you know, there are some – there are some things that still need to progress. Look, they're young quarterbacks, right? Like Luke McCaffrey is a redshirt freshman quarterback. Adrian Martinez is a junior. Um, he's he's been through it. He's been through the ringer. I expect Adrian to win the job. I expect him to to have a better fall camp than he had last year. I expect him, just like you said, to have a bounce back season. I think he's plenty talented. You know, I was reading um, some like around the Big Ten player rankings, and I I can't remember. I think it was. Two four sevens that I was mm-hmm. reading. It was like the top thirty players in the Big Ten, and Adrian checked in at number seventeen. I was like, "Man, you were like doing a fantasy draft of college players in the Big Ten, and you were able to get Adrian Martinez at number seventeen. I think you'd feel pretty good about your team, like at the midway point of your your season." I just think, you know, he's. I think he's going to be pushed, um, but I think ultimately he he is the best quarterback in their room right now. He's the most seasoned quarterback by far. Um, he's he's the guy that gives them the best chance to win, and you know I know everybody <clears throat> is kind of enamored with Luke and his skill set, and and I and I do think that Luke is not a guy if he loses the job that they're going to just sit on the bench and have him waste away for another year. I think they'll try to get him involved in creative ways, just because. Derek, I got to I got to jump in. I got to jump in. I'm up against the break. Give me five more minutes. Is that good? Yes, yeah, I'm good. All right, Derek Peterson. More with Dr. Petey on the way with Hale Varsity. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. All right, more with Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. I interrupted you. I stepped on you like I was Jim Harbaugh. Forgive me. That doesn't mean you're Ryan Day. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling you Ryan Day. I, nor are you cheating. Uh, I'm just saying that we left off with Mac, and we're talking quarterback battle for Nebraska in the 2020 camp. It makes so much sense to to use Mac uh, like like your guy Tebow. If Nebraska wants to go that route, they don't have to. But there's a balance, isn't there, Derek, with using him, but also keeping him if you got to have him because of injury, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I think too, like that's actually a really good um, analogy to make with the way they, with the way Florida and Urban Meyer used Tebow when they still had Chris Leak running the show. They won a national championship with Tebow as like a short yardage kind of quarterback. And I, you know, the thing that Luke showed a year ago was that he could come in and, and he didn't have to be like the pure runner. It wasn't just a running package. Whenever he came into the game, they had a handful of, of rollout packages for him and a handful of play action passes. And, and he made, the right decision on those and, and they could do something similar again. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, I'm not saying what they're going to do, but I think that too would be a way to kind of ease the burden on, on, on Adrian in the run game. He doesn't have to, to be the, the only quarterback run option that they have. They could, they could use as Mario likes to say, Lucas in some of those, <laughs> those designed quarterback runs. 
um, because he is athletic, he is quick, he's shifty, you can make guys miss. And, and you know, if, if you can kind of put it on tape that Luke McCaffrey coming in, into the game isn't a clear tell that you're about to run the ball, I think Nebraska is more dangerous. And, you know, that's good. Derek, I don't think you can talk about the quarterbacks without talking about who they're going to throw to. I think we'll wrap with this. But the wide receiver room, a lot of new faces, a lot of excitement for Husker fans. What are you looking for in the wide receiver room in this fall camp? Just about building chemistry um, with the quarterbacks. It's just about you know them getting as much work in together as they possibly can so that whoever it may be, that you have three guys for sure that you feel good about and you want to have four or five because, like, we've heard the coaching staff each of the last two years talk about, well, we need that third guy to step up. In 2018, they had Stanley Morgan and they had J.D. Spielman, and they were always talking about, well, we need that third wide receiver to step up. Last year it was J.D. and Wandale, and they need that third guy. This year it's Wandale and probably Omar Manning and, and another guy. They need that third guy still, but they also need one or two others because three, frankly, with the way that they run their offense is not enough. Um, so they need – they need guys to just build chemistry and, and really solidify themselves as, as options that, A, the coaching staff is comfortable putting on the field, and, B, the quarterback is comfortable throwing to them. Because, you know, part of, of the issue last year, um, and there were a number of issues, but it didn't look like Adrian was as comfortable throwing to guys that weren't named Jay Spielman or Wanda Robinson. Um, and so if you, can, if you can massage that a little bit in fall camp, um, they've got options and they've got a better blend of wide receiver types in their room now. It doesn't really matter who it is as long as you can have three, four, or hopefully five guys that, that have that solid, strong chemistry with the quarterback and can, can firmly grasp the offense and, and run with it. I think they'll be in good shape. Derek Peterson, catch his work, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine, of course, uh, has a good write-up uh, today, HaleVarsity.com, on fall camp opening. And Dr. Petey will have uh, plenty of coverage and reaction to Coach Frost's presser on Monday, so keep that in mind. Derek, it's uh, fun to, to get caught up. Keep cheering your thunder on, and have fun with your uh, Grey's Anatomy marathon with uh, the misses. <laughs> Appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks for letting me go over time. <laughs> no, you're good. Thanks for, for making it work. Back to Gray's, my friend. There we go. Derek Peterson's with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Good to hear from him. And uh, he's a, a newlywed. Bless his heart. His wife's phenomenal. And that's great that they're doing uh, time together like that. And watching watching some uh, some grades together. Grey's Anatomy was never one that I got into. I that's, think I watched maybe one episode. It was all right. It was just so, like, the drama was so over the top. Yeah. It was just too much for me. You, were, you weren't feeling the, oh, some guy's got a grenade lodged in his, in his small intestine. <laughs> Let's wait to evacuate one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's just like how, how a lot of, like, the hospital TV shows are. You just go, Really? Maybe it's because I have like healthcare workers in the family. They so well, like. and my wife's been just going crazy on Nurse Jackie because mm. she streams everything and everything. You know, she's a nurse and she's on, you know, three days off four. It just varies with her schedule. So she was watching Nurse Jackie. And I'm like, well, if you like uh, the, this character, why don't we why don't we watch The Sopranos together? And I, I haven't quite gotten her into to a reboot of the sopranos with me she did do breaking bad though 
Breaking Bad's great. Yeah, she she really. Ah, you're not right about much, but you were right about this. It's kind of the response I got. The two I've been flipping off on now. I had a uh, Ozark. I'm still in the midst of season two, but then I've also started season one of Umbrella Academy. I haven't seen that one. That one. It's about like this family of like superheroes essentially, and it's kind of like. 20 years after their prime, essentially 15 years after their prime, where they were like, they were raised to be superheroes. It's and a now they're like, a day habit now. Yeah, now they're like adults and they have to like deal with the issues of not, or like they're still superheroes, but they kind of hate their superhero. Sleep, goes, sleepovers, yeah. and yeah, I got you. I got yeah. you. Good show. Not what you expect. If you need a show to watch, I, I'm enjoying that one. We're going to get into the offensive line battle at, at that left guard spot and the line overall. And some more from uh, Coach Mario on the quarterbacks. That is next hour. Bill Dolman's about 10 minutes away. Clausburn's joining us in less than an hour as we'll get his camp confidential. Listen, Stilly, I'm, I'm confident in, not only from a leadership and an experience standpoint, but he's just a quiet dude that wants to end this thing the right way because he's been through everything. He's been through position coaches. He's been through coordinators. He's been through position switches. He's been through weight gain, where one year you're playing outside backer because you're very well gifted athletically. Okay? And I remember how well he played that Friday night against Illinois. Back when there were Friday night games. Thank you, Shermanator, for that one. And, And next thing you know, still he's putting his hand in the dirt. He's also the one dude that's refusing a black shirt, right, with his own bar. He sets a bar of, all right, I need to play at this level. And he's a, he's a native Nebraska kid. So I, I think he will get the rest of his mates ready to rock. Uh, I think Jordan Riley's big. Uh, the obvious, yeah, 6'6", 330. But I think he, he is a guy that it's just, you know, based on what you're reading here, it sounds like he can come in and he, he gets the urgency. It's whether or not you, you get it down. From a playbook standpoint, I think Phil, Phil Darius Payne's a nice option. And these JUCO kids, we'll see how soon they can contribute and, and not just like be a body, but maybe be a playmaker. Because you're either going to hit or miss, and the hope is you get contribution, but maybe you get a home run at the level of a Randy Gregory or Levante David type. Whoa, look, look what Nebraska added. And what look what they hit on in the JUCO ranks. Now, the other side of that is a guy that just doesn't do much. Keem Green could be nice, right? I mean, he's had a year to kind of reshape and get it handled. But the guy I want to see next to Stilly, Damian Daniels. I want to see Damian Daniels in for a lot of snaps and a lot of havoc. We'll wind down the hour next. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Bill Dolman and Clausburn coming up next hour. Reminder about moving in 2020. West Blue Realty is the source for you. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities and if you're moving in 2020 west blue is where you need to turn to westbluerealty.com you mentioned hail varsity 
Midwest Blue will provide you up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby is fantastic. Give Tom a shout at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, Kelly's outstanding as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, they can also take care of you. If you have agricultural land to sell, they can do live auctions, sealed bids, general land listings. They've handled... uh, land and uh, ag sales around the state of Nebraska, westbluerealty.com. There's so much to get into with camp, and it'll be kind of fascinating Monday to have Coach Frost uh, do his uh, fall presser and then kind of react to that. But, I mean, just the the list we've got here, the defensive line, uh, linebackers, left guard, wideouts, right tackle, I mean – if you were to to circle one position group you're most interested in, where would you go? And listen, I know quarterbacks the kind of primo spot, and you need that to to perform at a high level. Listen, I'll, I'll say this, and, and we're gonna if we get a lot of football this fall, we can go back and and look at what I'm about to say and go, yeah, you were way off on that. Or yeah, I I'm confident in the quarterback spot, whoever it is. Okay. I think you're going to either get a really good to best we've ever seen Adrian because of all the factors we've hit on, but most importantly, you're going to get a good Adrian Martinez because you're going to have some wide receivers actually get freaking open. You're going to have good Adrian Martinez because you're going to have an offensive line that is veteran and pretty talented. You're going to get good Adrian Martinez because you're going to have a run game with a guy that may hit a grand in Diedrich behind him. You're going to get a good Adrian Martinez because your center has some trust with guys next to him, and he's got it down at an early and young age. That's it. As much as Adrian maybe struggled, and he did, and it looked like he was indecisive and maybe a little bit fearful, and maybe the fire wasn't there when it comes to keeping a job versus putting your feet up, we can get into all of that. The, the truth was this. He didn't have a lot of help around him, and there were instances, too, where he was indecisive. Should I run? If I run, do I get hurt again? And uh, what do I do? Do I have time to throw? Okay, I have time to throw, but nobody's open. There's 17 people covering JD. Warner's hurt. Uh, what do I do? There's no Stanley. Stanley's with Cincinnati. Listen, there are there are 10 other dudes. They're going to be way, way, way better for him on the offensive side of the football this fall. So whoever's taking snaps or doing zone reading, whether it's Adrian or Luke, they'll be fine. They're they're both good, and one could could be great. What do you get defensively? That's it. Especially the linebackers. Is it 45-38 every weekend? I don't know. Bill Dolman's on the way. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Into hour two, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you're doing all right. Good to be with you. It is uh, fall camp day for Nebraska. Things are underway. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D, it's got to make you smile. You are part of a, a lot of fall camps. How are you, man? Well, it's nice to, uh, that uh, people are, are actually moving in the right direction, especially at home in Nebraska with uh, football beginning. I think that probably gives people some sense of normalcy that uh, that. You know, the Huskers are actually on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott Frost will have his post-practice press conferences, and, and Nebraska can somewhat get back to life as normal while most people around the country are uh, maybe not all that close. Normalcy is so important. That's been uh, kind of a, a talking point for Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose. And Journal Star just released – uh, some numbers here with uh, what Nebraska is facing from an athletic department standpoint. They're preparing for a revenue shortfall of at least between 40 and $100 million. That's uh, what was part of a letter that uh, was sent out to football season ticket holders. Capacity discussion still being discussed and a later date and a uh, later part of this month will have some formality on that, but there's options for the season ticket holders as we talk. And uh, one is to convert the 2020 Nebraska football payment or other other unused funds into credit for 2021, which uh, which season ticket holders would receive up to, to 30 priority points. I'm not super familiar with priority points, but I guess they're pretty sweet. Uh, two, <laughs> request a full refund which will include the opportunity to renew the 2021 uh, season tickets, and it won't impact your status of being a season ticket holder. So there's no Penn State treatment here where if you ask for a refund, you are not guaranteed your same seating nor a parking pass next year. Uh, Happy Valley has uh, laid, laid that out for for this upcoming season. Or another part is, you get a chance to, to recommit your, your 2020 payment to the day-by-day campaign, and that's uh, a, uh, a fund to help offset the financial hardship of that 40 to $100 million. So there are some options. I think Bill Moose has been really good for Nebraska in this uh, very difficult situation, Bill. And I know you have uh, Nebraska players tweeting out earlier in the week, we want to play and applauding the treatment that Nebraska has provided them. Ohio State has done that today. As you size things up here and put yourself in a, a season ticket holder position, you know what would you do? And, and do you like the plan, knowing your background and administration, that Nebraska has laid out here? Yeah, I, I, as you know, you're, as I was reading that uh, earlier, and as I've thought really throughout this whole ordeal, I think Nebraska is very fortunate to have uh, Bill Moose as the athletic director. I, I think he he's got gravitas, and let's face it, Nebraska has done very well with Bills uh, over the last fifty four years. Uh, but I, you know, I think that uh, Bill Moose, the way he's been able to rely on you know the experience of having been at Oregon and, and Washington State, been around the the block a time or two with the NCAA, uh, I think his leadership has been. Um, has been critical for Nebraska. Now, I think it's also 
that he benefits that he is in Nebraska. <laughs> He's with people who operate their lives pretty much based on common sense. You know, uh, I don't think Nebraska, you know, from a, um, out, I don't want to say an outsider standpoint, but just from the outside looking in, I, I, I think through this whole ordeal, I think Nebraska and Nebraskans have done a great job of keeping their wits about them. And, and I think the statistics politically, culturally, uh, pandemically, everything bears out that Nebraska's done a good job. So athletically, Bill Moose has been a terrific leader for Nebraska throughout this uh, situation, and I think Nebraska fans have been patient in waiting to see what's going to happen. And I, I think these options that are on the table are are, are pretty commonsensical. Uh, I don't see anything, anything where people could disagree with it. Now, I'm sure people are curious as to just what the seating capacity is going to be, what's that going to be like, how many, and and, and if they say it's 20,000, you know, I think Illinois came out and said that they were going to, you know, put their capacity at 20,000. My question, of course, is did you get 20,000 anyway? Yeah, when, when, when did 20,000 get on the, on the radar? Right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, but I think Nebraska, if they say it's 20, Nebraska fans will go, okay. And if they say it's 30, I think they'll say, okay. And, and I think 30,000 will be there. Mm-hmm. I doubt if it's much more than that. Um, but I think Nebraska fans will come out in whatever numbers they're allowed to. I'm sure there'll probably be a first come first serve for those who want to, uh, want to go to games and just, you know, create it, create, uh, treat it like a, a normal season. And uh, there will be people who say, you know what, I, I just don't want to make the trek, I don't want to make the trip, and I don't want to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So just put me back in line for 2021, and I think that's a fair thing, and allow them to keep their spot in line. And there are some people who, out of the generosity of their hearts, are going to say, you know, keep the money, uh, go big red, and uh, some of my application for 2021. Uh, I think it just falls right in line with pretty much everything that I've observed from Nebraska, and that is that, that it's, it's been a pretty smooth operation throughout this this whole ordeal. And as I, I think we talked about it last week or two weeks ago, uh, because Nebraska has conducted its business in the way that it has, I think that that if if there is football, and I think there's going to be, I think that uh, you know projects out to a good season on the field because I just don't think Nebraska has operated with you know dark clouds and heavy weights, uh, you know dark clouds overhead and heavy weights on shoulders. Uh, I, so I think that Nebraskans have been able to concentrate and Huskers have been able to concentrate on uh, on other things as opposed to what's going on in major metropolitan areas. Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports, the pride of Fairbury, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D., uh, you, you mentioned just the, you know, you think Nebraska will have a good season. I'm excited for them to, to get a chance to go out and participate. They've had their nose down and they've been grinding, and there's been very little hype or fluff, or it's just been quiet. It's been quiet and there's been work. I want to go to the quarterback situation because you've got Adrian trying to bounce back. You've got McCaffrey that uh, really showed well in in limited opportunity, and that it's not just the quarterback. I'm I'm quite honestly more interested in the lines of scrimmage. But I want to get your thought on quarterback. Just knowing Scott like you do, how he'll handle this competition between lead way for Adrian, so he's not afraid to screw up, but he's still pretty poised and then on the other side of things you've got a McCaffrey that really really bright future maybe 
he takes the job. Maybe he doesn't, but someone you, you can't be playing two quarterbacks at the same time uh, between the between the twenties, obviously. So, h- how does he navigate this race in twenty twenty, knowing that? Listen, it'd be nice to have a winning season. This is your handpicked kid uh, from California at quarterback. How do you move forward with it, and how does he deal with it? I don't think he makes it a big deal. I think he makes it. Uh, I think he makes it apparent um, without having to to say anything. I would. I would imagine that Adrian Martinez understands mm-hmm. he underperformed last year for whatever reason there was, uh, whether it was injury, whether it was overconfidence, uh, sophomore slump. Anything else going on on the outside uh, of the football field? Whatever the case might have been, it was not a good year for Adrian Martinez. And based on everything I've read, I, I, I kind of get the sense that he understands that. And he saw, you know, in those brief appearances, and, you know, thank God Luke McCaffrey was able to hold on to his, uh, uh, his extra year of eligibility, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, that was kind of perilous toward the end of the year. Uh, but I think he certainly understands that, you know, McCaffrey is a, a, a tremendous athlete, is a great leader, great kid, uh, very popular. There's no question about that. And I would imagine that Scott doesn't have to say anything to those guys as to what the situation is between the two of them. And then you got, uh, you know, Smothers coming in from Alabama. Everybody seems to be pretty high on, on his abilities and the way he's conducted his business in the, uh, the brief time that he's been in Lincoln. So, you know, I don't see you know Scott playing it any differently than if you go back 25 years or whatever it's been to when uh, you know Tommy and, and and Brooke were around. I mean that wasn't one of those deals where you went out to practice every day and said, "Well, we're gonna you know it's really up to Brooke's gonna have a great day. It's gonna you know Tommy's gonna have a great day." It's just everybody knew it. The players certainly knew it. You know, Brooke and Tommy got along, but they weren't the best of the best of friends. Mm-hmm. But they certainly knew that there was you know you had to perform well or you weren't going to get a play. And I would imagine that, it, you know, Scott is going to treat it the very same way. You know the other guy's good. You know you, you know you can't have an off day, and you can't be overconfident that the job is yours or going to be yours. So I think he just lets it play out, and uh, whoever's the best, whoever understands the situation better, is the one who's going to play. And I think it's going to be Adrian Martinez. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, plenty focused on having a great season, and um, the opportunity is there for him to be, what would you call it the comeback player of the year in college football if they had one? Uh, I would certainly think. I would certainly think that he has that ability to be a um, a game changing quarterback this year, like we thought he was two years ago. Bill, a lot of Husker fans thought last year that the best player wasn't always playing quarterback, though. Once uh, once the season got rolling, and uh, people saw McCaffrey playing and playing well, do you think that? He- McCaffrey will have a chance to unseat Martinez once the season actually starts, or do you think we'll be set in stone once fall camp ends? No, that's a great question. I think, you know, McCaffrey will get his opportunities. I don't like it when, you know, in college football, it's gotten to where it's like the NFL, where the starter's the guy, and he takes every snap right up to the, you know, the final snap in victory formation. You know, it was never that way. You know, in Tom's era, everybody was was playing. Of course, we were kicking everybody's ass by 30 points against everybody. He was getting a chance to play. But uh, I would imagine that, you know, Luke is going to get his opportunities because, well, we know last year that, you know, Adrian could have some injuries, uh, whether there was one or more. 
uh, he, and he's going to take his, his hits. So you got to get him prepared. You know, that's the way Tom conducted his business. You, you know, the, the backups had to be prepared. But it always bugged me, you know, after, you know, Frank was shown the door by the four-year case of the flu, that all of a sudden the guy who's the starting quarterback in Nebraska was taking every single snap. And that was pretty much the way it seemed to be at every position. Uh, and guys weren't getting reps. And you know, you go back, you know, to some of those memorable games when Tom was giving guys opportunities. You know, um, uh, Matt Turman, you know, that day at Kansas State was we were all nervous. There's no question about it. But Matt Turman had at least been on the football field a few times during the course of that season. Now it may have been in the, the latter stages of a fourth quarter or the latter stages of a first half when we were ahead like 49 to 12. But nevertheless, Matt Trimmett at least had been on a football field when he took to the field against Kansas State that day in Manhattan. You know, and I think Scott understands you've got to get guys reps because you just never know. Bill, uh, a thought here as we talk camp, a couple of minutes left. Are, are you optimistic of just with because of the numbers with the defensive line? And, and I ask that because you know where the schedule's at. You know, you get Wisconsin and Iowa a little bit sooner. Maybe you still get a shot at Penn State and Ohio State and Sparty's added on. So Nebraska will need to be better against those who want to do some, some groundwork. And I, I think Stilly's a, a good Nebraska kid, and I think he could really have a nice senior send-off. There are so many guys that have the ability to be pretty good next to him. Uh, but you just you just haven't seen it full time or, or really even part time that often. But you got a bunch of numbers. You got a bunch of kids that can do it. You think you think this year three is is a better better defensive setup for Shenander and company when it comes to yards per carry. I mean, I know we talk about pass rush, but if they don't have to throw it, they won't, man. I mean, the way Nebraska has been ga- gashed on the uh, on the the defensive line uh, with the run game by some of the who's who of the West. Well, I think. It, you- I think last week we, talk, we talked about, you know, the linebackers. and I, I didn't think the linebackers, as the season went on, seemed as though they were all on the same page. I didn't think the effort was there, and they didn't get to where they needed to be. And maybe that's because there were too many holes that were being opened up. Maybe they were a little bit gassed chasing guys around. But I, I would think that when you're into the end of year number three, there's been a concerted effort to be better on the uh, defensive line. On both sides of the ball, both line, uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage. But I, I would think that you have enough guys there who've been around to understand that you've got uh, what is it, the three-four now? Um, yep. That this is the way you know this this scheme is supposed to look. So if you can get a guys who understand it better now, and B get some depth to where you're not relying on you know two guys to play a ton of snaps, but maybe you can rely on now five. Right. I think that's going to make the line play better, and that's going to make the linebackers better. Because maybe to be fair to those guys last year, Muhammad Barry and company, mm-hmm. maybe they were just gassed by the end of the season and just tired of chasing everybody, you know, side to side because nothing was being stopped up front. You're not going to have, you know, the, the days of Wistrom and the Peter brothers and, and you know guys like that, Tomich. But uh, I think that there's a lot of opportunity just because it is year three to understand the scheme. And understand, and, and and I think the other thing that gets lost is sometimes I think you saw, you saw guys in the last two years and thought that they had to make the play, mm-hmm. and not realizing that this is an eleven man defense and not a one man defense, and maybe they didn't have confidence in, in other guys to make plays behind them. 
And as a result, you get frustration, you get a lack of concentration, and then eventually you kind of have some give up toward the end of the season. And I I think you've got, you know, enough guys who have been around long enough to understand that they don't have to make the play, but have to be a part of making the play. And when you got that, I think that it's going to benefit everybody. And from what I'm reading, and you you talked about the defensive line, everybody really seems to be high in Nebraska's secondary. Yeah. So if that secondary is as good in locking down people uh, collectively, then I think you're going to get better defensive line play, and you might have some more sacks. You're going to get some more pressure on the quarterback, and it's not going to be so much predicated on stopping you know, the run. You might actually have some guys who can get loose and, and put pressure on QBs. Billy D's with us. Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury. Bill, it's awesome to talk some ball with you. We'll get caught up again next week. Thanks for making time as always, bud. Always good to talk to you, and go Big Red. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. That was awesome. Get uh, some time with Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Always good to talk Husker ball at his camp 2020. And uh, we'll hear from Mario Verduzco. He was on the network. Some thoughts on the quarterback spot with Adrian Martinez. And Luke McCaffrey, uh, that's coming up here shortly. Claus Burns, 15 minutes away. It is day one of fall camp, so why not talk some football with Mr. Claus Burns? He is imaginary and he wears red. So we'll get some, uh, some commentary from Claus. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865 numbers to get in. And we asked this a little bit earlier. Bill jumped on, you know, what position group are you most interested in as fall camp kicks off? And what do you think is most important for Nebraska as we lead into 2020? What position group is going to kind of be make or break? And uh, Elijah, I'm with you, man. I'm, unless you've changed your mind, I'm going to go with offensive line. Absolutely going with offensive line. I know I've, I've just spent a lot of time talking defense. I think the defense can be better, but I don't expect them to be 94 or 95 Nebraska or 97 Nebraska or 99 Nebraska or even 05 Nebraska or 06 Nebraska uh, or certainly not 09 Nebraska. I think the defense can can kind of grow and get better as the year goes on, and I think the offense – has the capability to, to in, in a lot of instances, if they're clicking, put up points and, and be what Coach Frost wants the offense to be and be more of a offense you saw down in Central Florida. Maybe, right? I mean, you've got offensive line back. You've got some wideouts that need to come in and be ready to go. We'll see how long that adjustment period takes. But, hey, when in doubt, you can hand off to Mills and whoever wins the second spot behind Mills with this offensive line. Let's look at the left guard spot because there's a lot of uh, things that need to happen in this puzzle. You know what you got in Hymas. You know what you got in in Jurgens, And you you also know that Farniok is making the move from right tackle to right guard. So you need you need some help at right tackle with Ben Hart being able to come in and and be pretty good and and not a liability. And it's not that he's not talented or smart or physical. He's just young. 
and we're we're leaning on the four games of experience. Here you go, go in a starting spot at right tackle and be good and be better than what you're replacing that we've asked to move in at left guard. I make that right guard, excuse me. But uh, back to that left side, if you can get a dude or a rotation of dudes next to Hymas with a physical athletic Jurgens, and you have a guy at right guard like Farniok, think of how good you can be on the interior where you just tee off on people and you run downhill. And then you get some some nice edge play by your wideouts blocking. But Hymas is Hymas, right? And the, the best play in Nebraska, it was their Tecmo Bowl, Bo Jackson play. It was, let's pull Hymas from left tackle on a lead for a shotgun run for Adrian, right? That was the best run play there was until Diedrich got going in the Wisconsin game. What do you get from that interior three? And it's going to be huge at left guard. We'll get to the phones in a second. Hang on if you're there. But, I mean, Bo Wilson, got to stay healthy. And if he's healthy, he's really good. Hickson, a lot of time. Piper, they really like. Uh, you have Sichterman. Uh, Nuoli's uh, eligible. Guy that played early at Colorado State. Nebraska kid. And then your guy, Brock Bando, who's seen some time. He's got some experience. He's not afraid to go in. Do you look at uh, this left guard spot as someone will emerge and they'll be really good, or do you think it's by a committee thing? Oh, it's it's got to be someone's going to emerge, because especially with how much of offensive line plays about cohesiveness, you got to think that whoever starts is going to be starting the first couple games at least. Mm-hmm. Because, you I mean, that's half the battle with the offensive line is figuring out your cohesiveness and figuring out all right, which calls am I listening to, yada, 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 all mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, whoever comes out of that left guard race, I- I'm confident is the best of the group. You know, if he, if he can stay healthy, I mean, as much football as Bo Wilson's played, I know he's switching spots, and that's not easy because you gotta you got to flip it, right? You go from right guard to left guard. But if, if Wilson's healthy, based on some of Greg Austin's comments, uh I mean, that's kind of your, your, your front-running favorite, right, because of his experience and the number of starts he has. Now, other things that, that, that Austin said, you know, they're going to they're gonna be able to, to spell and sub Wilson. So what's the number two like, and how good is the number two? Is, it a, is, is Hickson going to be better? And, and he played a lot last year, and he busted his ass, and he rebounded. But I'm, I'm anxious at Piper. Let me see where he's at. Yeah, and that's what I think is, makes this offensive line battle so intriguing is that all five starters from last year who were all, I mean, getting better at the end of last mm-hmm. year, that offensive line is clicking, and it's going to be a different starting five this year. So it's the number of guys who are stepping up and unseating those starters from last year. Those are the guys you got to watch for. So that's your left guard spot, mm-hmm. your right tackle spot, and Ben Hart. Uh, I mean, even right guard and Farniok, you're seeing that these guys are moving around. And they're unseating the starters from last year, which only means good things because that offensive line last year was improving, getting better as the you year got, went on. It finished stronger. And by, it? by the end of the year, it was a, a solid group of offensive mm-hmm. linemen. Well, and, and that stems from where Jurgens, where he jumped from week one to, you know, post Ohio State. Good on him. Yeah, I mean, Jurgens was playing the year last year at 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a position where you want 300 pounds at least yeah. at that center. 305, 310 is about your max, but you, you don't want to be down at about 280, and he still played admirably. Let's go to the phones. Who's with us? It's Pete. Pete, 
Pete. Pete, thanks for hanging on. Pete, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. How are you doing today? Good, man. What do you think? Well, you know, one of the forgotten um, positions, I think, that hasn't been talked about much is the safety position on defense. Uh, our safeties did okay, but our run support with our safeties last year was not very good. Uh, they keep lining the safety up 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, and, and we really need, in this defense, our safety to come up and do run support. Could you kind of give a breakdown who who's going to be the safeties? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, and uh, I think that's one of the critical linebackers, obvious, mm-hmm. and it has to improve. But I think that safety is critical, too. Hey, thanks for the call. And you're right. Are you going to be able to – what are you going to be able to do with with run support from the secondary – and, and a guy who really played his heart out last year, and I think he played dinged. I mean, I think his shoulder was jacked, but he kept giving it hell, is Markel Dismuke. He's a guy that I think really can do some nice things as an extra thumper. So that's a guy that's played a lot of football. He's going to be uh, – it's his spot to lose. Uh, and and you got to keep on it if you're going to play for Coach Fisher. So uh, you have Markel Dismuke. He's the one Calabasas kid that's weathered everything and stuck it out. Uh, you have Deontay Williams. And Deontay's just a ball hawk. If you remember back to the Michigan slaughter uh, in, in, in 2018, this, uh, I should say De- Deontay Williams came in, got an interception. He's a guy that's a juco that jacked his collarbone first half of week one. Okay, so he was lost for the year, and he is such a fluid athlete that not only can he hit and tackle and is he fast to the football, but he is such a good center fielder. Those are your two safeties, right? Those are your two safeties. You have Dismuke, you have Deontay Williams, and then you saw a little bit of Boodle playing safety, or at least that nickel corner spot. If you get Nadab Joseph to come in and rock and roll, hey, uh, you can do some things. Because uh, you still have Clark that's in the mix at corner, and you still you still have Cam Taylor Britt, who he, he can really play anywhere. Yeah, and, you and can play him down in the slot. You can play him up in yeah. safety. And that's and I wasn't just like overpassing Cam Taylor Britt at all. I'm just saying the two guys I saw a lot of last year were well, you had Cam Taylor Britt and Dismuke, but I think you're going to have Williams in there. I think you're going to have have Dismuke in there, and then you're going to put Cam Taylor Britt wherever the hell you want to put him. I mean, Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke, both some hard hitting guys. Yeah. And I think uh, they cover Cam, pretty well. And Cam Taylor Britt's also hard hitting guy. I think he needs to work on getting downhill and getting his uh, his tackling a little better. He'll come up and thump some guys. Well, but. here's the thing: Cam Taylor Britt was the uh, he was coming from like the other side of the field to try and make the tackle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't really right at him ever. It was uh, oh okay they 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 broke contain. They're at the second level and and still churning. Let me see if I can angle across and try and make this tackle. But let's be honest, the safety shouldn't be the guy who's making the play no, on run plays no, anyway. No. Well, if he's able to come downhill and and two yards in and he's like the third or fourth guy to the ball to get a half a tackle or an assist credit good Mm -hmm. if he's (laughs) one-on-one no thank you so i I don't really know if they're gonna slam cam taylor Britt at safety you you put him at corner you just put him wherever honestly right just just throw him somewhere on the defense but you've got you've got cam taylor Britt, you've got boodle you've got dismuke and you've got uh deontay williams those are your four those are your top four for me because they're coming back and 
they're pretty interchangeable based on how the defense is wanting to be run. Yeah, and I mean, all four of those guys that you've listed, I, I believe can come downhill and can hit. Uh, we need to see a little bit more of Deontay Williams just because when you sit out for a year, mm-hmm. uh, you never know what can happen, especially when you're dealing with injury. Uh, so I want to see him. I'm really excited to see him. He's one of the, the guys I'm most looking forward to seeing on the defense uh, alongside Braxton Clark. I think Braxton Clark, young up-and-coming corner, uh, could be a lot of fun to watch next year with his crazy frame, six foot three. Yeah. Like, what corners do you see at six foot three? <laughs> Booker. I mean, the last one I've seen at Nebraska was Stanley Jean- Jean-Baptiste. Who- Baptiste, you had Michael Booker that was that tall. And well, I mean, when and you're, then, when and you're then, six and foot three, Lamar, when I mean, Lamar six was six two and a half, yeah. and playing power five football, you're going to get an NFL look. Mm-hmm. So Braxton Clark's got the he's got all the measurables you want at corner. I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, don't forget either. I mean, you've got uh, you've got Farmer, Adab Joseph, and and uh, Noah Pola Gates. I mean, those are three names. Yeah, where do you you'll be able to if you can get your JUCO stud to come in and and kill it and be really good in man coverage back to the caller's question then you can designate one of your safeties to just go focus on the run there's kind of be a rover yeah yeah just go be mike brown easier yes. way easier said than done you got hope nabab joseph can learn that playbook quick though yeah yep we'll uh hear from our imaginary friend clausburn's coming up at tail varsity presented by the nebraska lottery He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. So, true story, there's a tube of Icy Hot in the studio. I, I held it up and... Elijah kind of freaked out and came in the studio and he's like, look, I don't mind working with you, but I'll be damned if if you ask me to rub some icy hot on this sore area below your armpit on your back because you're too fat and old to lift weights properly. You were serious about that. Like I was going to ask you to do that. Well, it, it was whenever you... you- Put the, the ice cap, like we talked about it early, and then you like you showed me it in the the window, and you've been talking about like the pain, and I'm like, oh, I should just shut up and and deal with it. But oh man, I can't even raise my hand. I mean, I'm just glad I don't have to put ice. Yeah, I was like, you you were very concerned, like <laughs> it was gonna, you know, it's gonna get weird. <laughs> I mean, you're my boss, and like, <laughs> oh man, I'd never never do that to you. We we welcome in from parts unknown. He is imaginary. He wears red. He is a big time football fan. We say hi to our friend Claus Byrne. Claus, long time no talk. How you feeling? How you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. I didn't realize. I thought your last name was Schmidt, not Weinstein, but uh, (laughs) you learn something new every day, I suppose. No, I kid. I'm doing okay, especially now that it looks like we're probably uh, at least going to get about 15 minutes of football in uh, before Rutgers' entire offensive line test positive. So I'm doing well. You know, COVID's a a concern. You look at the schedule, Claus Byrne, and Things have been shifted around. Sparty's been added. Uh, Wisconsin and Iowa have been moved up to the end of September. Ohio State's still a road show, and uh, Penn State is here for Halloween. But, yeah, that Rutgers game, that kickoff, I mean, Nebraska's uh, at work today opening fall camp up. What are some thoughts you have about fall camp? 
What are some uh, some areas you're excited about? Well, we've, we've certainly, uh, well, one thing I'm excited about is, uh, according uh, to everything I ever read in fall camp, we're always going to go undefeated in August. And so uh, that's something that's certainly very exciting. Uh, wh- one thing that I think uh, fans probably need to uh, temper their uh, their excitement about, there's been a number of great players <clears throat> on teams that we're scheduled to play now uh, that have decided that they're not going to play uh, for their school this season. And in fact, we'll start getting ready for the NFL. And so people think, well, maybe we got a better chance in those games. Well, let me tell you, here about 26 years ago, <clears throat> we had our top two quarterbacks opt out of the season with uh, blood clots and collapsed lungs, never lost a game. Wow. And then the next year, <clears throat> we had a couple running backs have to opt out uh, at the behest of the Lincoln uh, Police Department, never lost a game. So. I wouldn't count uh, any chickens before they hatch. Clausburn's with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Claus, have, have you been able to keep practicing that, that social distancing? Have you been been able to, to stay healthy and stay away from folks? Well, as you know, uh, originally I was introduced to everybody at Santa Clausburn, so... I only really leave the house once a year, and even then I wait till people are asleep so I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> so this hadn't been particularly difficult for me. The only thing that's uh, really been annoying is that uh, someone taught Nancy how to have her bunco night via Zoom, and so my Internet bill has gone way up <clears throat> on that 56K dial-up we're, we're running up here. So... Whoever did that, you're getting a gigantic lump of uh, my dog's best work for Christmas. Claus Burns with us. A couple minutes left. It's Hale Varsity Radio. So, Claus, uh, tough news in, in high school when it comes to uh, Omaha Public Schools. They are opting to just go distance learning for the first quarter. That means no no kids in class, and there's not a mask mandate in Omaha so I get it from a health and safety standpoint, but that means there's no fall fall athletics, no uh, no activities this fall. And now how do you feel about that with with high school ball in parts of the country being played and some other parts of the country not being played? Well, certainly that that's going <clears> to <throat> on the serious side. Obviously, it's going to affect uh, uh, the development of kids, which uh, I, I've long been. Uh, a, a proponent of, of doing everything we can to help help kids in, in both education and athletics, and, and there's going to be uh, probably some harm uh, done in that. Uh, however, that said, uh, I was discussing this the other night, and uh, Carl overheard me and said he only showed up to school about half a day or every other day anyway, and he turned out fine. So I guess there's two ways to look at it. <laughs> Claus, you have any uh, predictions here uh, moving forward? Here, you see the new schedule for Nebraska. Do you have a a win loss number in mind? Well, not really. I, I think it's it's probably difficult to tell what's going to happen if we're going to play this game or that game at this point. Uh, <clears throat> that said, we better not lose to Rutgers. Uh, I, I'd imagine this team would do well to go seven and three. And uh, maybe get a, an opportunity to, uh, to to at least get some reps. That's where I'm going to go and, and uh, 
if nothing else, we'll, <clears throat> we'll uh, still take our opportunities to grill up some Fairberry brands and drink some Pepsis. That is Clausburn. Claus, you stay safe and healthy. It was awesome to chat with you. We'll catch up as we get closer to kickoff. How's that sound? Okay. There he goes. That is Clausburn with us on Hale Varsity Radio. I love talking to Clausburn. Man, we're just a couple weeks from doing another Friday forecast for Lucky. <laughs> You've jinxed it now. You I, realize this. Uh, and there's not even like real wood in here. It's all fake wood. Like I can't even knock on anything. This is this doors. There, there. Yeah, I, th- I think we're good to go. Yeah, forecasts are—I can't wait for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to lose some more steaks and beers. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll give you a chance to do you know triple or nothing. Triple or nothing. Is <laughs> in that way you just keep betting until you win to get even. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm for that. Right, that work mm-hmm. out okay. Uh, do, can we do we have time to squeeze in a, a Mario thought or no? Uh, we should. Okay, got about uh, a minute here. This is this is Super Mario. Coach Mario Verdusco is. Uh, thoughts last night on the network with uh, the quarterback spot, specifically Adrian Martinez, and what 2020 can look like for Adrian. I don't know that I would say that Adrian was not not prepared. Um, I don't know if Coach Frost directly said that, but um, I think maybe he he probably took things maybe a little too lightly. Maybe sometimes, you know. Uh, as a relate practice when we started fall camp. I mean, he still worked hard and did all those those sorts of things, but whether he had as much of a consequential attitude about things as he did his freshman year, I guess that, that, that would be up for debate. We'll hear more from Mario here as we wind down, but Mario did uh, specifically weigh in on the, the walk-on quarterbacks and the Central Nebraska kids. Both those guys are just your typical tough-ass Nebraska Midwest kind of guys. What? What kind of guys were they? They they were they were what what? Tough-ass. Yeah. Mario loves saying tough-ass and Nebraska. Tough-ass. And, and he's right. You've got some really good kids out in Central and all over the state, but you got some dudes you don't want to mess with. We'll wind down a Friday next on Hale Varsity. Tough Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, your Friday. Now, tomorrow... It's going to be a bit of a hybrid show. We will uh, have some uh, guests from this week on Hale Varsity for the 7 to 9 weekend edition. We have baseball tomorrow morning at 8 in Omaha. Cranach has baseball with his little guy tomorrow morning at 8.30. So, we'll still hear from the Iron Horse. Sharpie will be with us. And uh, we'll be sure to, to get caught up with Vogue's. And probably some thoughts from Gary Barnett and Bill Dolman. Maybe a dose of really a, a cool sit down with uh, former mobster Michael Franzis. That was a really good interview this week with with him. We got a half hour with the former made man on sports gambling. So that's tomorrow. I hate doing that. 
but we've had enough discussion and conversation this week, first on the schedule and now on you know the, the, the ticketing situation and the donation standpoint. We, we hit on that with Dolman here a little less than uh, 45 minutes ago. And um, no, and, and we've we've talked camp, man. We've hit quarterbacks. We've hit lines of scrimmage. We've we've had some time on defense, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm anxious not only for that front seven, but that front three defensively. Offensive line is going to be what makes or breaks this 2020 season. It is on them to be really really good, and they've got a number of guys that are already good, and they got to get the other guys that have made either a position switch or getting a crack at starting for the first time, left guard, right tackle, get them up to a very even level. And then there's some depth. Get some guys behind them ready, not only to come in and, and be fresh, but also be ready to carry the torch here for future seasons. So it's all that offensive line. And uh, uh, the last part of this, too, the current offensive line, once things get shaken out, uh, they are going to be wailing away against the defense. That'll get the defense better. Kind of know what you got in Ben Stilley. Does he make a jump to playmaker? And what do you get from snacks on the interior? And then you got some Juco talent. Dudes that could have gone to a lot of places. They did the Juco detour. Now they're uh, they're in the role. And then the young pup and Ty Robinson and some of the other kids and Rogers and Wilderman. So a lot of, lot of line talk today. And that, that's okay. That's where it all starts and finishes for Nebraska, typically when they're really good, and also beyond when we talk Big Ten, trying to climb that ladder. And just a little interesting note, Jordan Riley takes number 87 on the defensive line, uh, which I always love the high 80s defensive line numbers. Kind of reminds me of Broderick Thomas. Mm-hmm. Just 89. Yeah, he was 89, 87. Should be fun to watch. I mean, I don't. the numbers are completely unimportant, but I kind of like seeing them. God, what number? I'm thinking of Neil Smith. Neil Smith, Neil Smith and Danny Noonan. John Perella, number 92, anchor in that middle. The Kelseys, phenomenal. And all those guys are, number, are in the 90s. So I'm excited, I'm excited to see a number 87 nose tackle. Searle's birthday's or, tomorrow. We got it. We got it. Searle's, his birthday's tomorrow. He's getting older. We got we to chip in and get Searle's a Lazari's. Okay. With, with, a, with a big ass candle on it. You got Venmo? I, I, I do. Oh, Venmo. <laughs> there we go. Hey, have a good one. We'll be back at you. More uh, football, more fall ball. Hail Varsity next time. Thanks.